Hello. Thank you for joining us at today's Oikos Family Podcast, episode number 73. I'm Sonia Wood, and I'm very happy to tell you that we have our special guest with us again today, Sylvie. But she's not actually physically with us because she's not able to be because of our current global pandemic we are all going through. So we have her there online, and we are recording this just an audio recording so that we can chat to you and have this podcast time with you. So once again, thank you so much for listening and for being there. And also thank you to Sylvie for joining us, even though it has to be via this way, which is not as preferable. But let's see how we go. So Sylvie's there waiting for us. Hello, Sylvie. Hi, Sonia. Hello, Sylvie. It's so nice for us to be able to do this, even though we can't physically be on the veranda sitting, chatting like we were last time. That was so much better. But we'll see if this works. Yes, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm so happy that we have you here on our Oikos Family Podcast. So today, we're just going to share with the people and chat to the parents and chat to whoever is wanting to listen to us having a little chat. And I wanted to actually chat to you about something specific. And it was very simple. In fact, it was just asking you if you can share your day with us. For an example, just tell me what you did today. Share with me what your day has been like. Okay, well... This morning, we got up really early and uh, the children went for a horse ride. So we have our our horse here and we have a teacher that comes and um, she gave the eldest three um, a lesson. And then we came home and we had breakfast. And then I think we spent about an hour doing some maths and some language. And then we were... Um, having lunch and after lunch we went for a walk and we said hello to the horses again and then we went and played in the forest and my children built this huge pile of leaves and then they went diving into it so it was a lot of fun and then we also attacked dad with what's it leaf bombs and yeah it was it was good fun fantastic what wonderful memories yes so then we, we walked home and now I'm, I'm chatting to you. That's fantastic. So from what you've just shared with me, I have already identified quite a few treasures in your day. You know, we started this theme at the beginning of 2020 when we didn't even know that we were going to be heading into a global pandemic. And we started this theme called Treasure Hunts and Looking for the Treasures. And I know you've been sharing with me the treasures that you are seeing and finding as we travel along this road of living in a global pandemic. And I just, I think as you you and I were chatting the other day and you were saying how everybody's such an individual and each family is so specific to their own situation. But what I love is that as you share your treasures with me, it makes me think that everybody's got their own special treasures. You know, like I will have my specific treasures and you've got yours. But sometimes when we just share our everyday treasures with others, it helps them to maybe notice treasures that perhaps they could have been missing before. Because I know that happened with me. When you share treasures with me of your daily living and you shared a um, photo of playing the, the Catan board game, and I just immediately, that was a treasure to my day. I just thought, oh, it is so wonderful to see a family sitting, playing a board game. And it made me think about a conversation I'd had with a father the other day when he was telling me how, you know, about this COVID-19 and living in lockdown and the difficulties, but also 
the areas that have come to his awareness about um, things that he hadn't noticed, the difficulties, actually. He was talking about the difficulties that he hadn't noticed regarding character and the children and the relationships and all those things that he hadn't spotted before that needed attention because he said, quite frankly, he had just been too busy. You know, just life had, you know, was a whirlwind and he hadn't stopped to notice that he needed to pay attention to certain things. And I said to him, well, because you know, you know how passionate I am about encouraging families to pay, play board games. So that's why I got so excited when I saw your photo but um, of you, you guys playing Catan. But I said to this, this dad, I said, have you played board games? Why don't you play board games? Because it's a wonderful opportunity to, to teach your children and use it as an opportunity to train them and help just develop certain aspects of their character that you otherwise might have missed seeing was necessary. So, I mean, have you experienced that? I was just wondering when I saw your photo, I was wondering if you experienced that when you're playing a board game. Do you find it an opportunity to help mold your children's characters or direct or train them in, in, in way of different areas of character? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know that playing board games is very high on my like list. Yeah. Um, the photo you were mentioning was, was actually just yesterday um, that we played Catan and um, it's waiting for us now. Mm. Um, when we finish talking, then my children and I will carry on playing our Catan game that we didn't finish yesterday. Um, and And yeah, I believe when you play board games with your children, um, it's a great opportunity to get to know them even better. And you get to spend time with them and play with them and everything is just relaxed. Well, it should be. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like um, discovering a character flow you can work on. Because yes. that also happens. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what so, that yeah. dad was saying. He was saying he had discovered some flaws. And I said to him, you know, play some games because it's while you're playing that game, you can discover areas that need attention. And he had told me one of the problems that he had discovered was um, one of his children was just so highly competitive to the point of it being unhealthy, you know, for it not being a good balance. And this child was just a very, very bad loser. And he, he was saying, you know, you can't actually do something about that necessarily when or train it specifically when you doing a maths lesson like you were saying earlier in your day just this very day you did some maths and you did some language and then you went and played in the forest and the dry leaves fortunately you're very blessed to have a forest to go and play in some people who are listening to this maybe don't have that yes yes very blessed yeah very blessed um but, you know, if they don't have a forest to go play and they can actually take out a board game and play, that's the thing that, that I was thinking. You know, we might not be able to get outdoors because of this whole global pandemic, but there's so much that parents can be doing with their children at the moment um, that they never, ever otherwise would have maybe got to. Just like what this dad was saying, life is a whirlwind. And now he's stopped and he started noticing things and he doesn't quite know how to address them. When, he, when I say he doesn't quite know, he, he's a dad, he'll figure it out. But I was just giving him some tools and saying to him, why don't you play a game? Because it's while you're playing those games, you can help refine some maybe rough edges, you know. So you are, you, what you're saying is that is your experience as well. You have been able to pick up areas where you can spend some time training character. Yeah, absolutely. One of my children was actually exactly like that. It was very unpleasant to play games because Aww. she was a very sore loser. 
and oh. it would just be drama and it was just unpleasant. Okay. And then we worked on it and we just like spoke to her and said, you know, it it's not nice. This is not the purpose of the game. Like the purpose is to spend time together and have fun as a family. Mm-hmm. And like gradually and gradually that she she just got over it. And now she's a wonderful player. She doesn't she she's like you know, she even like helps the the younger siblings that maybe don't understand all the rules and she's wonderful to play with now. But you know, you, you have to work on their character. It doesn't just happen. So when you spot these little, you know, character traits that you're not happy with, you just work with it and come alongside them and eventually it comes, right? Yes. Well, that is actually, again, you've just given me another treasure because I just think to myself that look at that fantastic opportunity. You've really, really supported that particular individual because that child you're talking about isn't going to necessarily go into adult life and find, you know, and to carry this with them into adult life and then find difficulties in adult life because they never had the opportunity to grow and learn to actually be accommodating of others and not be such a sore loser, as you said. You know, I I think it's a gift, actually. It is a gift you've given her in training her not to be a sore loser. Yeah. And that's that's not the only thing. Lots of when you play board games, lots of things come up that you can work on. Also, it's not only bad character traits to pick up; it's also good character traits. And then you compliment the children and say, "Oh, that was so thoughtful of you, or so helpful, or I didn't think of that. That's like amazing." And it boosts their little confidence, and then you actually help to grow that particular character trait that you want to grow. It's mm. it's just a absolutely amazing tool to minister to your children. Like I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just so glad we could chat about it because I'm a big fan too, as you know. So you and I are talking about something that's passionate to both of us. And I, I'm not going to forget what you said a while ago where you said that your board games are your curriculum. <laughs> You're the first person I've heard that has <laughs> actually said that. And, and I just thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to ask Sylvie to share that on a podcast because of the fact that I'm just thinking so much about so many families that perhaps are in such a difficult position, you know, and they maybe have budget restraints and they can't spend lots of money on curriculum possibly. And yes, board games are not, you know, the cheapest thing, but there are quite a few board games that are less expensive and they can start with whatever they can Mm. afford and just get into it, just get into playing with your children. Because I think it's not necessarily about the game itself. It's it's about the atmosphere that we're creating. Don't you don't you think whereby you're getting together with your children? Yeah. Yeah. The children are really picking up on the fact that you're making time for them. So they feel all important and it's just really nice for them because isn't it you who always says the children spell love, T-I-M-E? Yes, correct. That is what I've said many times. Yeah. Yes. So when you play board games with them, they feel that you're making time for them and that they're special to you. So it's really a nice thing. And yes, I do believe that board games are my curriculum because it's so versatile. You can do so many things with it and it's just a whole lot of fun to do. Mm. And you know what I always say as well when we spend so much time discussing our passion of board games is I say, and I know you agree with this because you've started the sharing with me today about your day being, you know, maths and language. It's like you you did take care of that. You did take care of 
the scholastic and the importance of keeping them on track with the academics. And it's not like when we speak about board games and being passionate about it that we are making less of anything else. You know, we're not saying, well, just play board games and don't worry about anything else. We are aware that there is a balance and that we need to keep everything in perspective. But I think at these times that are so desperate and so unusual, what I'm saying to parents, if the only thing they could be doing is sitting down and playing with their children and all they could have is some tools, you know, like, for example, if you had a pack of cards and you could play a game with your children with a pack of cards, that is going to, as you say, create all kinds of opportunities. And so you don't need much to be able to get a lot out of this time. Right. Right. And you could also create your own board game. You could make an, a dice. You could make little pawns. That could be an activity on its own. Yes. It's so versatile. You can do so many things. Mm. And and yes, absolutely. You have to attend to the formal learning as well. because You can't just play games all day. And Correct. <laughs> that, that's also not a, a very good example of how it should be. You have to be diligent. You have to do um, your formal studies. But that doesn't have to take hours and hours and hours. We spent maybe, it was just under an hour for three children. And we've every child did their maths and every child did their language. Yes. And then we had the rest of the day to do all the fun things. And in between that, you've got a little toddler. So, you know, you're doing lessons with your three children being the maths and language as well as taking care of a little guy. He's three now, hey? Yes. So there's that as well. So it... I mean, I really like what you've said now, Sylvia, and the fact that, you know, it's not about just playing games all day because, again, it's everything in balance and everything in perspective. And But I just think the reason why I keep reverting back to games is because I feel as though it's so attainable to so many, no matter what their circumstances, you know, even in desperate, desperate times. Like you're saying, people could make their own games. Right. And other things are not necessarily attainable. And people might, parents that are listening might actually be wondering, but what about their maths? And what about uh, I can't afford or I can't, I'm not able to get, maybe they can afford, but they can't physically get the curriculum they're needing or they feel they need. The way I see that is you can learn a lot um, regarding even the formal learning via games as well. For example, math lessons can happen. Yeah, a math lesson can happen. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Do you have an example? Yeah, you throw the dice and then it's like Sebastian. How many is that on the dice? And then he counts. So that's a math lesson and there's two dice, so you need to add them. So that's... That's adding. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it just goes on and on and on from there. Then you have to move the pawn on the board and it's that many places. So you've got to count that. And mm. yeah, it just happens. And you know what? I'd like to also. Uh, and then language as well. Yeah. When you're playing a board game, you have to communicate with the others. So yes. language arts is just the art of communication. So you just tell the children you must speak in complete sentences and mm. you, you make sure your sentences make sense to others. So that's language mm-hmm. art. You don't it have is. to, you know, what is it, dissect the sentences to do language arts? Well, you know, I would also, again, like to just also say to parents, because I know some parents are a little bit concerned about not feeling like they're creative or they know, like you've just immediately just off the bat spoken about how you can do some maths with dice and going around the board and moving spaces and all the rest. And and I believe the reason why it's 
just automatic and natural to you is because you've played so many games. <laughs> so I would like to encourage parents to just actually say, just start, because you don't have to think that, but I'm not going to know and I don't know, because I really know that parents can be overwhelmed or a bit fearful or a bit hesitant or lacking confidence, whatever it might be that's standing in their way, to just... um Get done and do it. You know, I'm remembering one mom's retreat. I know you've attended a few mom's retreats. I don't know if you were at this one where where one mom said she's scared to play with her children because she doesn't know how to. She says she feels quite ridiculous when she goes to play with her children. And so oh, shame. Ah uh, no. So I said to I said to the moms, I don't know if you were there, but no. I said to the moms, let's all sit on the floor. Oh, I was there. I was I was there when Yes, when we all sat on the floor. So you are at a child's level. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. Uh, maybe this. Maybe I've done this a few times at mom's retreats. You know, maybe you weren't at the one where this sort of triggered triggered this idea. When as soon as somebody's feeling um, like they can't reach their child for whatever reason, you know, as I'm saying, this this mom her her fear was very very real. She hadn't actually had much of a childhood herself, so she didn't even really identify with playing. And she she knew that it would be good if she could play with her children because she'd have her little girl grab her hand and say, come play, mommy. And she just didn't know how to relate to that. And it was very real to her. Another thing that, that I've heard moms say is that they don't know how to read aloud to their children. And you know what? If you ask them, were you read aloud to, they would very often say no. Their childhood experience or memories does not include reading aloud, um, being read aloud to. And so because of that, they didn't feel the sort of confidence to themselves read aloud. So I said to them, well, ask your children if they would rather you not read aloud to them or if they would like you to read aloud to them. And that didn't work out too well, that question, because I was expecting the mom to say, oh, no, they love it. They would want me to read aloud because she said, no, my children don't like me reading aloud to them. <laughs> because she says, I, I don't like reading aloud, you know, and she says, they tell me I read too loud or I read, um, they don't enjoy it. I read too fast or too loud or whatever. So I said to her, well, then why don't you have them read aloud to you? You know, why don't you cuddle up next to them and get them to read you a picture book? Because if they're able to read, if the, the, her children were of reading level, okay? So, so she said, well, she hadn't really thought of that. So she started with that, and I said, just start with something really simple. Read a picture, your favorite picture book, you know, tell a Peter Rabbit, whatever it is that you remember. And there again, and I have to just, remind myself of the fact that this mother hadn't had read aloud experience. So she didn't have favorite picture books she could think of. You see, so I'm I'm just saying that there are parents out there that, you know, we speak of things as though it's just completely natural to us and it's just easy because because we practiced in it. So I'm in, want to encourage parents to say that we understand, although we might not have been there ourselves, we've heard testimonies of parents that have fear because of their own circumstances or their own memories or their own situation. And those parents, I'm wanting to encourage them to say, just start, sit down on the floor <laughs> and see what happens. Because this mom who, who took that away from the mom's retreat, she went and sat on the floor. I said, you don't have to do anything else when you get home. Just sit on the carpet one day, see what happens. 
Well, she sat on the carpet and the children just came to her like a magnet, you know. And Yes. What are you doing, Mom? You see, so she didn't really have to do anything but get down on the floor. And, and she, so she did that, and then it just developed from there. It's just one little step at a time. So I think that's what I wanted to encourage the parents with, and I'm so glad that you could just share your experience because, and I'm so glad that you so willing to be on these podcasts. I know it's not just an easy undertaking because we have all these <laughs> challenges of technical and, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here in this room and you're sitting there at home and we're talking via this audio recording. <laughs> yeah, I have to hold up my phone because the connection is dropping every now and then. It's Yeah, it's challenging, <laughs> but but it's such a pleasure to do. And you're coming through nice and clearly, and we do have the wonderful blessing and the treasure of Jamie. That's that's my son, for those who don't know, but he is a man, not a young boy, um, and he does all the post-production edit work for us. So if there's any unwanted sudden sounds, like we had a huge truck drive past just now, he he does um, you know all that for us after the fact. So hopefully the parents that listen to the podcast will have a nice, clean, clear audio experience, because we know that that's how Jamie sorts it out afterwards. But, you know, even so, even though we we have to, you know, abide by all these restrictions and we know that it's right to at the moment with this pandemic, we wanted to anyway, in spite of that, not let the challenges overwhelm us, but just to push through and actually have a podcast anyway, even if we can't sit together and chat and we can't do it live as in the video and we can't do it um, together, like we did the last two podcasts, but we can do it this way, and it is working. And I'm very encouraged by what you share, Sylvie, because it, I know that it's a, a treasure. It's a, it's definitely treasures for parents, I believe, and I'm sure they're going to agree with me. In fact, if they do, they can just let me know because you know we do have a place for them to comment because we put this podcast on YouTube as well. So if people want to comment, they can. Um, in fact, you know, I'm going to not just say if you want to, I'm going to ask you to comment because I would like to hear your comments so that I can forward them to Sylvie. How about that, Sylvie? That would be wonderful. Why? <laughs> because we want to know what the people think and we want to hear if what we've been doing, if it's encouraging. I hope it's encouraging. Yes, we would like to know if it is. That's the plan. Hey, we want to actually support and help and encourage. Yeah, that is the plan. Right. That is why we do it. Absolutely. Okay, well, I think that we have given them a lot to think about today. So I think what we should do is we should leave them with this today's podcast. We should stop here and then we can share, continue to share with them because we've got this little series now called the Sonia and Sylvie series. And we're just going to keep it going for as long as we are able to because while we can, we will, <laughs> no matter how difficult. <laughs> Um, in case all the parents are wondering why we're laughing, it's because it's so challenging. <laughs> we're turning our challenge into joy. <laughs> okay. Sylvie, did you have anything else you wanted to say before goodbye? Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I just maybe have a little testimony about the read-alouts. Okay. Um, my husband actually does the read-alouts in our family, mm -hmm. and he started doing it when when the girls were still very very young. And he was always like, "No, I can't read." You know, he he has perhaps a a few challenges there, um, and he can't read very well. I don't know if that's 
the right way of putting it, but he doesn't read very fluently out loud. It's, it's a challenge for him. Okay. And I said, well, the children are still very young, so they're not going to laugh at you. Just do it. Wow. So he did. And he started with these very simple, easy books. The girls were like four and two, <laughs> two years old. So it didn't really matter what it was. And then it just evolved from there. And now he's reading these novels to them fluently. He's even using like different voices and using these accents. It's hilarious when he starts reading in a Scottish or an Irish accent and mm. the children love it. So for anybody who is scared um, about reading aloud to their children, they must just start. The children, they really don't care how fluently you read. They just care that you're taking the time to do it. Yes. We come back to that. I just think it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do, the reading out loud. But yes, maybe we can chat about that in a different podcast. Then. Yes, because you know what happened? We, we started with sharing just our day and then we went to our passion being board games and then we went on to read aloud. And so we've given a lot to think about this time. And I do think it's a topic that, again, is very near to our heart, the read aloud. And I love that testimony that you just shared of your husband because that there is very, very amazing. It's such an encouragement to parents, whether it be mom or dad, that are feeling that hesitancy to to just start and mm. they don't feel the confidence to do it. And as you said, even if somebody's got a challenge in some in that regard, isn't that fantastic that your husband's had the opportunity to develop and strengthen and grow in an area that he, before he didn't feel confident in? And now he's clearly confident because you're telling me he's reading novels to the children and he's you know, becoming quite the master read-aloud artist. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay, Sylvie, thank you so, so much for joining us. I know we've had difficulties to get it going, and so I appreciate your perseverance in it and your willingness especially. And I'm going to look forward to, you know, sharing and having you as our guest at our next Sonia and Sylvie <laughs> series podcast. <laughs> thank you, Sylvie. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye now.